The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2017 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. So, my name is Jeff Beckett. Uh, like I probably said, I, I work at Campus Outreach in, Illinois, in Central Illinois uh, at Monmouth College, small D3 school. There's about uh, 1,200 people that go there. It says A to B school, like a high school. Uh, but, uh, but I, I really just wanted to kind of start off by addressing you um, before we talk about leading people that lead people, which basically, hopefully that came across in the title. Sorry if it didn't. Um, and if you're thinking, oh man, I don't know if this is what I was thinking, you're more welcome to roll, to go to something that would be more uh, fitting your needs. But uh, I just wanted to address you guys to say, uh, one, what you're doing really matters. If, if you're coming in here trying to lead people that lead other people uh, or hoping that those people would begin to lead people. Uh, I, just, uh, I want you to know that what you're doing probably isn't as seen. Um, just like, like the people you're leading, that's probably more seen. You know, that's probably more visible. They're out there having all the conversations and all kinds of things. They're out there in the dorms all the time or hanging out with people or sharing their faith. Um, so I just, want, I just want you to know your investment in, in these kinds of people really matter because these are the people that hopefully we're all trying to build. Um, and so, uh, but, but I want to say that in light of this is that if, if you are not a person that is, that is committed to boldly sharing your faith, the people that you're leading won't pick that up. So you might ask them to boldly share their faith, but it's real, if, if you're not that kind of person, oh, I can uh, if, if you're not that kind of person, um, then, uh, then it's probably not going to rub off on your disciples. Same with, uh, same with time of the word, intimacy with Christ, right? Uh, if you're going to you know, talk to people about, man, you should really have a rich devotional life. I mean, you really need to plug yourself into Jesus every day. But if, if, if that's not what you're pursuing, then uh, it, it probably won't catch on with the people that you're leading and the people that they're leading. Or it might catch on for a little bit, but it'll probably fade away because it's just kind of the life-on-life effect. Uh, and so the, the, I'm going to give you guys two like kind of overarching principles, and then I'll give you kind of like three sub-principles when it comes to leading people, and then I'll just walk you guys through, this, through the tool that I've basically given you, which I use to help me uh, equip people that I lead. Um, but the first is just really simple, is that if you are not developing if you are not growing and uh, taking risks, sharing your faith, if, if, if you're not a person that's continuing to look for opportunities to share your faith over and over and over and over again and doing it boldly and unashamedly, um, if, if you're not developing, then it's almost going to be impossible for the people you lead to develop. Um, and the second one is kind of like that. So basically, just in summary, you don't neglect you. Don't, don't you stop developing. Your development is the most crucial development out of any of these people's development. And the second uh, is like it, uh, is that healthy, healthy things, healthy trees bear healthy fruit. Uh, and, and healthy trees bear lots of fruit, and they bear lots of fruit over a long period of time. And so that applies to you, and it also applies to the people that you lead. And so don't, don't just see the people that your people are leading. 
but see, see the people you're leading and help them be healthy. Help them be healthy. Because if they're healthy, they'll bear, they'll bear fruit. If you're healthy, they'll bear fruit. If they're healthy, they'll bear, they're, they will bear fruit. And so don't, don't be so tied to success and speed and, and fruit that you, that you miss health. Um, and so uh, that's, that's just kind of like the overarching principle. It's, it, it's going to be really easy to, for you to just think about how can this person grow or how can I help this person move forward or how, you know, what kind of what conversation does this person need to have with this person so this person can grow. Man, just please don't stop developing yourself and don't, don't neglect your own health for the sake of ministry and don't neglect your disciples' health for the sake of their ministry. So, um, so those are just kind of like two overarching things. Um, and then here's kind of some sub-points. You can probably write these on your little handout. Um, at the top, I kind of left some space for you to kind of write these. Um, but the first is just, just one, to just have a vision of where you're trying to take these people that you're leading. Um, and so when... When I say have a vision, like what do you what are you really trying to accomplish in your leadership with these people? What what what's is, what's it going to matter? What's it going to matter for in ten years? What's it going to matter for in five years? Uh, have a vision for these people. Have a vision for what their life could look like in the next year, in the next six months. Um, and let me let me guard you against the like. Let me just go ahead and make the the plain and simple statement that yes, we probably all want them to be. Matthew 9, leaders that go out in the harvest, right? We, we probably all want that, right? That's, that's a really generic sort of vision, and that's great. Like, that's what we want, right? But to think specifically, man, what, what difference will Johnny's life make in, in Johnny's family 10 years from now, in his community, in, in his neighborhood, in his kids' lives, in, uh, in his church? What, what difference will that person make? Have a vision for where you're trying to take these people, where you're trying to take your leaders, have a vision for them, um, um, and then the the, uh, the kind of like a, another side point of that is just does does this person have a vision? We'll talk about this more, but does this person really have a vision uh, to to be kind of that Matthew nine person? Uh, and if they don't, then m- maybe that person just really isn't kind of person you really want to spend all of your time with and i'm not saying don't help them continue to grow all i'm saying is you probably just don't want to invest in them just coming back to the simple principle of feed the hungry right jesus looks at his 12 and he sees the world through them right and you know they're all about they've got some messed up motives and all of it right but they're all about being a part of jesus and growing in his kingdom and man we want to jesus we want to labor with you like let's do this and yeah, they they have all kinds of room to grow, and so do your disciples, and so do you. Um, but does but, but is that person excited about where you're trying to take them? Uh, and if they're not, then any anything you try and do with them is, is they might do it, but they're only going to do it for a little while, or they'll just get really pissed at you, and you'll get really pissed at them. It's just not going to be healthy. Um, and so, just in general, feed the hungry, keep feeding the hungry. Um, and um, that all that to say, though, that that 
what this person might be lacking is, is maybe, maybe they are about the right things, but they just don't have much of a vision for their life. And maybe that's just something you need to come in and help them see. Like, hey, Johnny, you really, this, this is what I see your life mattering for 10 years from now. And man, the next uh, four months, man, this is what I want to do and try and help get you there. Man, is that what you want? Is that, is that, is that the way you want to move forward with your life? And, and I think that'll help you. Uh, tremendously, just to, for you to have a vision, for them to get excited about that vision. Um, second, the second sub point is just for you to have a good picture of where they're at now. Uh, and so, um, yeah, get excited about where they're going, but be realistic about where they're at right now. Uh, and sometimes it's hard because you know, you always kind of want to look at the people you leave with rose-colored glasses, like, oh man, they're just awesome. Like, I don't know that. I don't know what what other conversation we need to have. They're just awesome, you know. They're killing it. Yeah, but uh, I think it's just helpful sometimes just to maybe have something that you track, kind of some of your observations, like, um, and, and some of your observations on this tool that uh, I've given you guys. Um, it could be helpful, um, just so you're not just having to just trust your memory, like, and trust your rose-colored glasses all the time. It's like, oh yeah. He was really, you know, watching his room, he was playing video games for like three hours. Like, let me just take note of that, you know. It's not, maybe I don't have to blow him up about it, but let me just take note. Just continue to take good notes about where the people are at right now. So, um, and then uh, similar to that, um, still under the where they're at now, just be thankful. Um, this, this is kind of a confession, I think, for me, is... I mean, let me just ask you guys really plainly. Have you guys have you guys been praying for God to give you one laborer? At, at, at least, God, just please give me just one laborer. Someone that really wants to give their life away for the good of your kingdom and for the good of others. Have you guys ever prayed that? Okay. Well, when you get them, just be thankful. Like, just, they're, they're going they're gonna, to, there's going to be all kinds of messed up things. Like Peter and James and John. It's like, yeah, you guys don't get it. Like, I'm not here to overthrow the Romans. Like, I'm here to do this something totally different. And you guys are clamoring about, who's going to be at your right hand? Who's going to be at your left hand? You know, there, there's things that your disciples are going to need to grow in. But just be thankful. This person's about the right things, and they're willing to be molded into that kind of thing. So just, just really be thankful. Because they're not always going to meet your expectations. You're going to think, man, this guy's been sharing his faith like crazy for the past week. I just know he has. And then you talk to him during your one-on-one. It's like, hey, man, tell me how this conversation went. I never had it. Tell, oh, okay, man, tell me how that conversation went. Man, it didn't happen. It's like, what the? You know, like, dude, are you like, do you care about Jesus at all? It's like, hey, sl- just slow your roll. Be thankful. Take observations. But just be thankful. Um, and so... Um, yeah, uh, I mean, just even in the New Testament, Paul all the time is just, I mean, you see it all over his letters. He's thankful for them, but he's also got a lot of things he wants to say to them at the same time. Like the Corinthians, it's like he starts off calling them saints. And it's like you would never read that letter and go, yeah, these guys are saints. Like you're doing all kinds of sexually immoral things. You're totally out of control. You're doing, you're, yeah, you're just totally arrogant. And, but Paul, Paul's thankful for them. But he's also not ignorant of where they're at. And so, um, so lastly, the third little sub-point uh, is just to think about how you can help them take their next step. And I, I'm saying all this 
I don't think anything I'm really saying is that revolutionary. Um, it's, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but I would just urge you to make a prayer card for each one of them. And one, with, 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 each, the, with each of those prayer cards, um, and, and maybe just carry them around with you so that, you know, you're just chilling in the elevator or something like that or in the car. You just pray for them. I mean, pray for, pray for God to help you really have a vision for their life. Man, okay, God, I don't just want to think about one time what their life could matter for, but man, help me continue to dream and get excited about their life. And God, help me understand where they're at right now. Help me to see things as you see them. Help me to see them as you see them. And then also, God, help me, help me to understand how to move forward, how to help them move forward, how to help these guys move forward and girls move forward. Um, and so uh, with that said, uh, let, all we're going to do now is we're just going to walk through this tool. Um, and then we're going to have some Q&A because uh, I figure Q&A is probably better. I mean, I'll, I'll walk through this. And I'll try and give you guys some stories and some clarification on what, what, what these things might mean. Uh, but I'm, I'm assuming you guys are probably coming to this with some, some amount of question. And so I'd love to answer any questions. So I'll do my best. Uh, so the first thing, uh, so there's kind of like five little subcategories. You want to help them grow in evangelism um, and, and equip them to evangelize other people. You want to help es- establish them to establish others. Uh, you want to help them grow in their leadership, their personal ministry skills, equip them with a vision. Uh, and equip them personally with their character and personal needs. And so all that kind of falls under the umbrella of health and all those kinds of things. And so um, so first, the uh, skill in evangelism. Uh, just really simply, I would just say don't use a million illustrations. Don't, don't try and teach your disciples a million illustrations to use with other people. Just, just, just a few. Just keep things as simple as possible, as repeatable as... Um, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, reproducible. So, reproducible. That's what. Yeah, as reproducible as possible. You might have all these great ideas and all these great illustrations and all these great analogies, and then you try and pass all of them on, and people only catch parts of them. And it's kind of like, oh, no, that's not really how that goes. You know, just help them help them master a few things. Keep things as simple as possible. Um, so for instance you might have different evangelism tools just help them master just help them master one if it's the bridge diagram help them be awesome at the bridge diagram if it's the gospel grid I don't even know if any of you guys know what that is but just help them master that don't try and use multiple things just just one simple thing um, and there's all kinds of great things out there one's not necessarily better than the other um the, the second point of evangelism is probably the most important, in my opinion, uh, experience in evangelism, especially when it comes to building up a laborer. Um, you, you really want them uh, to develop in evangelism because that's one of the things we really want people to develop in, right? And that's, part of what, that's a, a huge part of what we mean by developing laborers, Right? And so you want them to have all kinds of track record with evangelism. And, so, and the best way to help someone move forward in evangelism is not to have all kinds of trainings or all kinds of talks on how to do it or whatever. It's just to go do it. Some of the best lessons on evangelism is going out there and just 
succeeding or failing or getting rejected or having someone that you thought was going to reject you say, man, I really want to love Christ. Those, those are some of the best those are some of the best teaching moments. And so when you're thinking about helping move this person forward as a laborer more, man, help them just keep going out there and having evangelistic conversations, right? Help them keep going out there. And uh, for instance, I had a, a, a leadership team, uh, not this past fall, but the fall before we were talking about uh, evangelism and I was trying to help move them forward, right? And a lot of times they would come to our leadership team meetings and ask me questions like, hey, Jeff, what if someone asked me this? And for a while I would, I would kind of like indulge them and kind of like talk about it and like try and like talk about the conversation that they could have or whatever. And then uh, I, don't, I don't know where I heard it, but it eventually it just kind of dawned on me like, you might not ever even have that conversation. So this was pointless. And so what I started to do when, when someone would say, hey, Jeff, what if someone asked me this? I would just ask him, has someone actually asked you that? And, if, and then if they said no, it's like, well, I'm not going to answer that until someone actually asks you that question. Because that, because that means you would actually have to go out there and share your faith and have someone ask you that question, right? You would actually be in the evangelism process instead of just kind of dealing with it from a theoretical side. And so, um, but if someone has asked that question, okay, well, let's dialogue about it. Um, let's, let's talk about it. How could you answer that? Um, but unless you've actually been asked that question, one of the things I'm trying to really make sure I do a good job of is unless you've been asked that, unless you've been asked that recently, we're not going to talk about it. Because there's no point. It's just a waste of our time. Um, and then... Uh, especially when it comes to trainings, um, I don't want to knock trainings for uh, evangelism trainings, but trainings only undergird what people are already doing. If people aren't sharing their faith, then trainings are kind of a mute point. Uh, you you might you might have some times where you're trying to motivate people to go do evangelism, but to actually have the skill training, and it, it, a lot of times it's just pointless. So, uh, and and. The reason this is so important uh, for your leaders to keep doing is just facing your fear. Facing your fears is kind of the hardest part in evangelism, right? It's not even necessarily thinking through the logical answer, the biblical answer, right? Facing your fears is just the hardest part. I mean, when, when I think when I go to share my faith, right? That's that I ain't thinking about man. I'm, man, this guy might stump me with this atheist thing. You know, it's like I'm thinking this guy's gonna hate my guts. <laughs> Or, man, what is this guy going to think about me? And, man, that's the, that's the thing that your leaders need to wrestle with over and over and over again. Because it's just going to keep pushing at their identity. And if, if they're healthy and thriving, then they'll keep taking risks. They'll keep pushing into their identity in Christ. And, um, and just for example, um, one, one of the things I try and do with most of the guys that I lead and, and some of the girls is I just... I really challenge them to just go share with the most intimidating person. And whether it's the captain of the football team or the basketball team or whatever, or maybe they're all their upperclassmen friends, you know, that they, they've all said no to Jesus, you know, or whatever. They just, you know, maybe they just parted and they never really talked or whatever. Um, and so I, I really want to try and push them to just go share with the most intimidating people so that, Anybody else comes along, it's like, I can share with you. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's go share with the kings, and then when we deal with the 
you know, people in the marketplace is kind of like, oh, oh well, yeah. Um, and just for example, uh, one of the guys I love, his name's Paul. He's on the basketball team. He's the only, uh, maybe, maybe within the last three weeks, uh, someone else has come to Christ. But um, up until not too long ago, he was the only Christian on the basketball team. He's a senior. And a, a bunch of his friends are the other starters. So he's a starter, and uh, three, of his closest fr- three of some of his former closest friends are also starters on the basketball team. And he did journey books with them, or he did an evangelistic Bible study with them when he first came to Christ, you know, because he's, you know, zealous and it was cool. Um, but they were all kind of like fringy, like, oh, I don't really know how to think about this, yada, yada, yada. He went away for the, Paul went away for the summer, never really brought it back up. And so now he's trying to share his faith with other people, but all these upperclassmen guys are all around because the basketball team is so kind of tight. And one of the conversations we just had to have was like, dude, hey, look. Go share your faith in front of them. Don't don't wait to isolate these other people. Just, man, go share your faith around the people that you're most intimidated. If if you're not gonna share with them, share it around them. Just it helps them face their fears and helps them it helps them just keep moving forward and um and so the third thing under there is just praise faithfully for the lost. Uh I think you just want to help them remember who the real miracle worker is. Um it's just tempting to think that man, I'm the man. You know, look at what all I did, or I'm the woman. Uh, no, no offense, ladies. I just I think in men terms. I'm sorry. Uh, and so, um, one, you want to help them remember who the real miracle worker is. And I just think when when we record answers at the same time, it it just helps us. It, it, that also helps us remember. And uh, in, in the same way, uh, just. When Israel, you know, all throughout the Old Testament is just kind of crying out to God, and they're asking God to save them or whatever, and God's like, hey, remember when I brought you out of Egypt? It's just, uh, it's, it's like, hey, remember when I answered your prayers? And just, it, the remembering so often helps us move forward. Oh, yeah, okay, God, we can deal with the Canaanites. Man, you brought us out of Egypt. Okay, yeah, you're, yeah, you're awesome. Okay, God, there's these really intimidating people that are on my sports team or in my dorm or my sorority or whatever. Okay, God, you've, you've done wild and crazy things before. Like, no reason you can't do it again. So uh, just to help develop uh, in them just a sense of, okay, God, you're big and you've done awesome things. And I know that because I wrote it down, <laughs> right? I don't forget. Um, and... uh just one of the things that some of the guys and girls on the campus did uh, this past year, they started uh, uh, every morning. Uh, just got together and prayed for 30 minutes for the campus and uh, talked about, you know, who's, who's come across, who hasn't, who, you know, who's, who said this or who said that, and just to encourage one another and to, and to be reminded, like, oh, no way. Like, yeah, three weeks ago that dude did say yes to Christ. And now, man, he's, he, like, wants to read the Bible together. Like, this is awesome. Like, and so, um, help them get excited about that. Um, establishing um, the first, understands that they're responsible for leading specific people. Um, so, this is probably one of the most frustrating things for me when it comes to leading leaders, is so often this, this seems to be one of the hardest things to get them to, to really take ownership over. Just And just... Uh, you guys are, we're all here at the New Year's Conference, right? 
And maybe some of the people that you're leading might have brought some people to the New Year's conference. But so, so often when they get to the New Year's conference, who's the first people, that people they might go looking for? The friends, right? And then, you know, it might be halfway through the New Year's conference and you're like, hey, man, you know, tell me how, you know, Jacoby's growing or whatever. It's like, oh, man, you know, like he went to this seminar and that seminar. Or he liked the talk. It's like, well, man, tell me, you know, what kind of conversations you guys have been having. It's like, well, you know, he just told me. He's, hey, man, could you have a conversation with him about, you know, like his time in the Word back in, on campus or whatever? I think just it, sometimes it's just hard for people to go to a conference and not just, or, or to go to a weekly meeting or something like that. And just, it's, it's just hard sometimes for them to understand that person's not going to do the work for me. That this, that the, these are my people. And I have, a, I have a vision for these people. So I'm responsible. I'm responsible to follow up the talk. I'm responsible to hang out with them, build relationships with them. I'm responsible for these people. So when I walk into my weekly meeting, I'm not going to jet to my friends. I'm going to stick with my people. And I think uh, what we need to do is to just help them have the right expectations. I think we just need to help them have the, uh, the, the right expectation to just say, that on the front end, just, hey, what, what, are you, what are you wanting to use the New Year's conference for? What are you wanting to use the summer project for in this person's life? I mean, how do you think you could? How, and how do you, what kind of steps do you think you could uh, take to really help, that move forward, help this person move forward? Uh, and, and man, what, do you th- what are some things that you think might keep you from doing that? Uh, just so that they can go ahead and think, oh man, I might just go and man, just be tempted to hang out with my friends the whole time. <laughs> you know, instead of investing in the people that I really care about and really love. And so, um, the next thing is, uh, oh, hey, still in line with that. Um, don't, don't bail people out either. Help them take responsibility. So, they might come to you and say, hey, can you have this conversation? Some of the best things you can do is say, hey, why don't you go have that conversation? You're responsible for this person. You're, you, you love them. You, you've talked to God all about them, right? Man, why don't you go have it? You, you, you are more connected to this person than I am. If you want me to have a conversation, we can talk about that, but I'm not going to bail you out. This might be a hard conversation. But, um, uh, but man, this is a conversation you should be having. And, and just thinking about uh, even some of the best counselors. Some of the best counselors, it's so funny because they don't even say anything, really. Uh, they just help people take... They, so let's say marriage. You know, you go to marriage counseling. And I've been to marriage counseling. This is exactly what they do. <laughs> uh, just, you know, hey, how things going, you know? And they just help you get what what's what you think and what you feel out and then they don't take a side but that's what every that's what everybody wants a counselor to do is to take a side right but what a good counselor does is he says no this is your this is your marriage you take responsibility for it hey this is your disciple you take responsibility for it i'm not gonna, i'm not going to come in and take sides and bail you out just take just it's it's your responsibility it's your role as a husband, as a wife, it's your responsibility to duke this thing out and to come to a conclusion together. Hey, this person doesn't want to go on the summer project, but you want them to, man, you duke it out with them. It's your responsibility. I can help you, sure, 
but I'm not going to bail you out. I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to take responsibility for this. So, um, explains things in a way people can follow. Uh, yeah, do, do people tend to draw easy applications from your leadership or not? Um, this this is probably something I've experienced uh, that people need a lot of just help seeing that they do that that they might tend to monologue or or have an idea and start talking about that idea and then jump to another idea and then jump down a bunch of other rabbit holes you know while they're talking and you can kind of tell you know because most people are half asleep you know while they're in their evangelistic Bible study or in their D group or whatever so it's just helpful sometimes to just go and sit in on their Bible study or sit in on their D groups so that you can help them develop skills and be able to communicate with people. Um, uh, thanks well for people's next steps. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, so what I gave you is just kind of questions to be thinking about. So, sorry if it's not exactly the, the same phrase I'm using. Um, I just realized that. Uh, thanks well as people next steps uh, so don't undershoot overshoot major major on the major things uh, for example uh, there's a guy named Alec last year uh, there's, he was leading this guy named Jacoby uh, he's actually here at the New York Times right now but Jacoby kind of came in as like a really spiritual guy we weren't really sure if he was a Christian or not a Christian it started to become clear that he was a Christian and Alec was just getting so mad that Jacoby wasn't reading his Bible every day and it was just kind of like dude calm down like the dude's a Christian he does read his Bible he wants to read his Bible like think for his next step not his next six month step right hopefully in six months yeah he is reading his Bible every day man why don't you just ask him to get in the word you know three times this week that's if he does that every single time that'll be one more than he's ever done it this whole this whole time he's been at school per week right just help them think for next steps, not getting too, too far ahead of themselves, right? Um, leadership. Um, catches people, thinks for fun, relevancy, momentum, and friendship. So it's just not all business all the time. Just help them not be all business. Uh, this is something my disciples tell me a lot. <laughs> Jeff, don't be business all the time. Have a little bit of fun. And... Uh, uh, one of the guys that I lead, uh, he's actually really good at doing this. He uh, he just he made up this game with the pool balls that him and some of the guys on his floor just play all the time. It's called Foxhole. I won't explain the game to you. But he just thinks for stuff like that. Man, what would be fun to do with my with my friends, right, with the people that I'm leading so we can develop a relationship. Um, and so it's not just all business all the time. That's never fun for anybody. Kenny, I'm talking to you too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, draws people out, uses questions, shares his own experiences, uh, is vulnerable, so tells about his own struggles, her own struggles. Uh, I just think it's important, um, uh, especially this, uh, to use silence. Uh, a lot of times this is just kind of a skill people are uncomfortable with, uh, especially young leaders. Uh, and it's it's been cool to see uh, a guy named X, he's leading a uh, Bible study with about five other guys that had come to Christ the year before. And I sat in on it uh, this past semester a couple times, and uh, he literally asked a really hard question and sat there for, I think it was like a legit five minutes, waiting for somebody to answer it. And I was like, you go. Like, 
problems. Because what's easy to do is to just let people off the hook, right? To, to give your own answer or to, or to move on or to do whatever, but just help people get comfortable with silence and to help your leaders get comfortable with asking questions and not saying anything, just waiting. Um, uh, yeah, so plans, objectives, and goals, thinks well how to accomplish them. Um, there's a girl that uh, we've been leading. Uh, her name's Jess. She's, uh, she's kind of like a go-with-the-flow kind of a personality. And uh, she's, she's awesome. She, she builds really good friendships. Um, she's really fun, really momentous kind of girl. Uh, but she, she really, uh, if you're f- familiar with the Myers-Briggs, she's a P. Uh, she's an ENFP, and so that's very not uh, planned. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and she's awesome. She, she really has a great heart. She has all kinds of great perspective to offer people. She's really fun. Um, but... Uh, she was, she was only building relationships with a few people. Uh, but when we started to think about, man, Jess, how could you really maximize, and, and how, how could you really maximize your life? And, and let's sit down, let's take some time every week and just think about all that you could accomplish in your week and what you could do to accomplish those things. And man, when she started sitting down and planning, man, she started building way more friendships. She started going a lot deeper with people. Uh, because she just she just wasn't trusting the flow to do it all for her, right? Uh, and so just even thinking about God, right? God has, before before time began, God had a plan, and ever since then, he's been laying it out. And he's been accomplishing that plan ever since. And so uh, maybe some of you guys don't love scheduling or don't love planning or whatever the case may be, and that's fine. You're probably one of the best, you're probably one of the most fun people. But all I would say is you could take your fun to a whole new level if you just if you just t- if and if you would help the people that you're leading take some time to just pull away and think and plan for how they can help the people that they're trying to lead or evangelize and move forward. And so um, it's just it's yes it's it's something most students really don't love, but it's really important to help help them grow an appreciation for. Um, so vision, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think you just want to help them have some, somewhat of an articulate vision, like, um, and this is going to be continuing to develop, continuing to develop, uh, but in general, just, just, we all know this, people get excited about the future. And so when you're laborers, can I, I, uh, begin to articulate a, a future in Christ with other people? It helps the people they lead get excited about that. Um. And, and it helps those people get excited about sacrificing in the current, right? And so you think about any athlete, right? Um, I don't know how. Uh, let's just say hockey, right? So let's say um, you want to be the fastest skater on the rink, right? That's, that's your vision, right? You envision yourself just blowing past people all the time, right? And so what are you going to do in order to accomplish that? Uh, you're going to, one, you're probably going to sacrifice some good-tasting meals, for some healthier meals, right? So that's going to be kind of a sacrifice, right? Uh, or, you know, you're going to work out. You're going to lift weights. You're going to put your th- body through stress, right? You're going to work your quads, your glutes, and your hamstrings so that you can become faster, right? Probably going to try and drop a little bit of weight so that you can be faster too, right? And so vision helps people sacrifice now. And so when you can help your leaders develop vision, 
It helps them sacrifice now, and it helps them call other people to sacrifice now when they can spit out vision to other people. Um, and uh, just in light of that, same in same vein, um, and going back to the plans, objectives kind of thing, you really want to help people... Uh, prioritize their life in light of their vision, right? Your leaders, you're trying to help your leaders develop a vision, right? And so you want to help them begin to prioritize their life in light of that. So when you look at your weekly schedule, man, what are some things maybe you need to cut? Man, what are some things you need to do differently? Maybe you need to not take a class at noon so that you can eat in the calf when all the people that you're trying to evangelize are going to be there, trying to lead are going to be there so you can eat with them and develop friendships with them and follow up evangelistic Bible studies or whatever, you're beginning to prioritize your life in light of the vision that you're beginning to fall in love with, right? And so even going back to the hockey thing, it's like, man, if the rink's going to be open from, you know, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., that's the only time I could go in there and work on my speed stuff, then it's like, dude, I'm going to push some things off until after 11, right? That's my vision. So I'm going to prioritize my life in light of that. And so uh, there's, a, there's a guy, a lady, also a Pete, and uh, he, uh, really, really, really sweet dude. Uh, Paul is the guy who's on the basketball team. And he, the, him and his other girl are like the masters of go with the flow. And, uh, but one, one day we were just talking, and he was just, man, I just don't feel like I have time. Man, I, I, you know, I'm trying to get to all these people, but I just, I just don't feel like I have enough time to do it. And then we just, we went, uh, I have this worksheet, it's called Priorities Worksheet. Just takes everything that you would ever give any amount of time to, puts it all on a sheet, ranks it in order of importance, and then you just lay it all out there. It's like, well, man, you've got about 40 hours left in your week. That's a lot of time. I wonder what you're doing that makes you feel like you're so busy. So, man, let's prioritize your life in light of this. Let's prioritize your life and line your vision. So just breaking, all, breaking down all the details for someone about their week and how they spend their time helps them see, oh, man, I'm, I'm sacrificing what's really important and non-negotiable for things that are just optional or good. Right? Maybe that's extra time on homework or maybe that's uh, you know, it's watching sports or whatever the case may be. And so I have, I can email you guys that if you want. Just give me your email address and I can email that out to you. It's pretty simple. Um, but I, I, you can just put your email address up here after if you want it. Um, so these last things I'll just kind of rattle through, and then you guys can answer some, or you guys can ask some questions. Um, humble, uh, Christ-exalting, self-denying. This is in character and personal needs. So just thinking of how do they, how do they respond to failure or success? Right? Are they excited to tell about all their successes? Are they, you know? not willing to share any of, all, any of their failures or whatever the case may be. Uh, proactive, takes responsibility, rejects passivity, does not avoid decisions. So they're not waiting for something to happen, but they're actively trusting God. They're taking risks. They're moving out in courage. They're not waiting for someone else. Um, uh, tied to that, courage. Fear no longer paralyzes them in relationships, personal ministry. So uh, I think... It's just important to continue to have the why conversation with people um, and help them get to their heart. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just, again, it's just really easy 
to fall in love with helping people develop skills for ministry and not developing the person. And so this is kind of what this is all about. Um, so uh, with the courage thing, just want to help them get to their heart and believe God's promises and just keep that cycle going. Uh, servant. Um, yeah, I mean, just are they, are they willing to tear down an event for the sake of the whole ministry? Are they willing to set up for an event for the sake of the whole ministry, even though it might cost them a little bit of their own personal ministry? Um, and so you just, just help them continue to develop a servant attitude uh, when it comes to being a leader, uh, willing, to, willing to forego my own success for the success of many others. So, um, And lastly, but probably most important, uh, specific needs are being addressed, stewardship, anxiety, anorexia, porn, just things that are real in people's life. Um, two out of the five guys I've led over the past two years um, have come out and ex- uh, confessed some really uh, sexually immoral things. And I think that's kind of uh, not totally on me, but in some degree on me. Um, I, I thought they had moved past some of these things, and I wasn't really checking in on those things anymore. And here, lo and behold, they're still there. And so, don't again, don't neglect the health of the people that you lead. It, it's it's so easy to just look at the outside and go, man, they're fine. And trust me, everything on the outside looked fine. But don't don't neglect to shepherd people to to, to shepherd people specifically. That that's that that's your job. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have any questions or anything. I'd love to. Do my best to answer anything. If not, call it time. What's the hardest part for like discipling disciples? Yeah. Um, like, what's something that like you like a trick that you kind of like learned later on? You know, because like I know everyone kind of has those deals where it's like you think you're doing it all great, you think you're doing a pretty good job, and then all of a sudden just some hits you like wow I've been missing this for a long time like what was a moment like that uh, are you asking about a moment or it's kind of like a lesson you learn in terms of like how you can continue to disciple yeah I think kind of just what I ended saying don't neglect the person for the skills it's, it's I mean it's, it's just tempting people are le- like when people are leaders it's like man let's just let them go lead a bunch of stuff you know like let's just go like you're a leader like get after it but Man, the two two of those five guys, it's kind of like, man, all right, well, I'm going to go back to those other three. And, dude, we're not going to talk about ministry. We're going to talk about them. And and just I think the other thing is just being thankful. I think there's a point, even this is past semester, I was just getting just getting ticked. Like, we had set a, you know, we had set a goal that we are going to evangelize this many people and Kind of, you know, kind of getting some numbers in of like, you know, this many people are evangelized, or you know, these this many people is coming to New Year's conference or whatever. And it's just, it's just easy to just get pissed and just be like, what the crap are you doing all the time? And but just to be thankful, it's like you're a student, you you've been in Christ maybe like two or three years, and I just I want to be excited about the fact that you love Jesus and that you want to give your life away and, and I just need to meet you where you're at you're not a staff person and maybe if you are a staff person maybe you've only been a staff person for a little bit 
maybe there's something going on in your personal life that's keeping you from doing these kinds of things. And so just don't neglect, don't neglect the person that you lead and uh, be thankful for that person. So any other questions? That's a good question. I have one. Um, I think a lot of times in leadership you come across a situation where someone is like tentative to lead, so then it's kind of like this step-by-step process of bringing them into it. But how would you respond to a situation when someone is very eager to lead and they are actively pursuing it, like even without being asked, which is awesome, Yeah. Um, but then you find out um, like through the process of trying to get to know them that their faith really isn't solid on sure. some things, and so the stuff that they're sharing is not accurate. Um, like, how do you <laughs> interact with that? Yeah, I share my faith with 50 people this week. Uh, yeah, um, and then it's like not actually biblically accurate. Yeah, yeah, I just think uh, you just don't even want to talk about what they want to talk about. Like, I mean, in my experience, uh, maybe that's not the best advice, but if they want to talk about, man, this person said this, what do I say back? Or, man, how can I, you know, dude, I got these group of dudes or a group of girls that, you know, they, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. They don't, they don't want to go to the New Year's conference or, or, or you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I was just, okay, man, yeah. Hey, well, why don't you just pray and talk to God about that? And, and man, hey, tell me how your devotional life's going. Like, I'd love to hear just what God's been laying on your heart and what what passages he's using to do that. And I think, yeah, I just think, uh, for lack of better terms, I just think you want to cut through the crap. I mean, obviously, you can see, like, this is kind of a mirage going on right now. Let me just cut through that and just look for where you really are. And you're going to want to talk to me about a lot of things, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and be the adult and say, I'm, I'm so pumped you're excited about that. I mean, let's talk about you. If you're healthy, all that's going to be fine. But I'm concerned you might not be healthy. And I think you probably want to point that observation out. And I'm sure you have reasons that you think that. I'll just help them see those reasons. And maybe you could be wrong. Maybe not. And maybe in 10 years they'll love you for it. Because a lot of ministries want to run leaders into the ground to accomplish whatever end that they have. Numbers or money or whatever. And 10 years people fade and you wonder what happened. And the men on the front end, if someone, if someone would have just done what you're thinking to do, man, maybe all that could have been avoided. Sexual scandal 10 years later or whatever, I don't know. Burnout, walking away from the faith, I don't know. Uh, there's a book called Fuel in the Flame. Uh, it's, really, it's by Steve Shadrach. Uh, there's a story in there that's about a, a girl that jumps into all kinds of Christian leadership and uh, does a lot of really cool things for like a year and a half. And then after a year and a half, she's out. Like, totally out. So I just think one of the points that they were making was just don't, just be slow with the leadership. Be quick with the character development. So, any other questions? That's a good question.
Okay. Cool. Let me just pray for you guys and then be done. Um, God, thanks for uh, these people. And God, I don't know anybody that they're leading. Uh, maybe I do. Uh, I just don't know at this moment. Um, but, but God, I'm excited that they are leading. And God, that they are leaders. And so God, I, man, I just ask that you would continue to grow them. Uh, God, if they're healthy, uh, God, if, if they're taking courage, God, if they're walking daily with you, if they're taking risks, if they're... Um, God, if they're investing heavily in a relationship with you, God, then things will be fine. Um, God, if they're bold evangelists, God, if they're great, if they if they're all the time thinking about your word, meditating on it, and remembering you, and talking to you, and trusting uh, their life and the people that they lead's lives over to you, things will be fine. And so, God, I just pray that you would help them not forsake their own development for the development of others. And God, I ask that. Um, that you would teach me the same lesson. And God, that as as we do, God, that you would bring us up in health. And God, as you uh, raise us up in health, God, that you would bear fruit and that that fruit uh, would fall on the earth and die and, and, and take root and grow and bear fruit. And that that fruit would do the same and that they would just continue to multiply, God, until one day we look back and there's just orchards of fruit. Uh, and God, I'm excited maybe one day to get to heaven and God, to see the orchards that come from these people's lives. And um, God, I'm thankful for them now. And uh, God, I pray that you would continue to lead them the rest of this conference and the rest of their life. And I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.